Welcome to The Magic Spark. I'm your host and personal wellness witch, Tandy Gutierrez. This podcast is for the open-hearted magic makers seeking to cultivate consistent self-evolution, or as I like to call it, self-revolution. It aims to be a home base for continually stumbling upon things that ignite the healing spark in you, be that practical or magical. Now, let's see what that spark is for you in today's episode. Hello, my magic makers. You're listening to episode 49. This podcast is brought to you by unicornwellnessstudio.com. When you're ready to focus on physical embodiment through everyday self-care, Pilates, meditation, energetic healing, monthly new and full moon tarot readings, astrology tutorials, and community. Serving the open-hearted magic makers from the woo-woo curious to full-fledged witch identifying vibes since 2013. Go ahead and click the link below in the show notes to experience 30 days free on the site. No payment information needed, just a quick email address drop. Now, onto the show. Scorpio season runs October 23rd through November 21st, 2023. And this episode offers our tarot forecast for these dates. This episode may have more weight or significance if you are a Scorpio native and have your sun, your rising, or your moon in this sign. As always, a big, giant, warm, squishy thank you hug, my dear listener, to you, whether it's your first time or your 49th listening. I'm so happy to have you. I send you my love and gratitude for your time. Friendly reminder for those listening, not in the Northern Hemisphere. The meteorological seasons may differ, but the energies of the tarot, astrology, zodiac, and channel guidance, they are all the same. Take what resonates, leave the rest. There are always magic sparks here for everyone. And no matter what point on the globe you are, we are soul family around here. Energy is what matters. So, Let's get to the Scorpio frequency. Scorpio in the tarot, in the major arcana, is represented by the death card. In the traditional Rider-Waite-Smith deck, it's depicted by a skeleton in knight's armor riding a white horse carrying a black flag with a white rose and five ears of white corn. Four human figures, a child, two adults, one of these adults is dead, and one bishop, all looking up at the figure of death on the horse. It's one of the few cards people truly fear in a reading. It's one of the cards that perpetuates untrue and unfortunate myths about the tarot. The death card doesn't literally mean death. Although it can and is clearly connected to tales of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, it's allegory and myth and symbolism. It teaches us that endings are a part of life and are necessary, that we cannot avoid or skip them, that we must learn to flow with them and embrace them and simply make our way through. Look them straight in the eye, process them, experience them, work through them. Rather than pretend, 
they aren't happening, to disassociate, to deflect, or flat out reject it as truth. Acceptance is key with this card. This is key for this season. And if you listen to the episode prior to this on our deep dive of Scorpio season, you know that the season always calls us towards acceptance as the death card always calls us into it. But this season in particular is asking for more, asking for deeper, asking, but for real this time. So acceptance in the death card in the tarot will really ask, what is happening right now? Best to not be surprised or confused or waste time wishing it wasn't happening. What is happening, except it is happening, and then ask, now what? The death card is a card of winter as a season. It says die off, letting go, and endings are necessary and generate fertile compost and healthy soil for the new things to come. It's a time and a card of processing, right? Because creating compost is a process that takes time that is sometimes ugly and messy and smelly and icky. But then again, you have this most fertile soil. So when the card comes up, when the season comes up, it says, what has worked in the past year? What didn't work? What has never worked? What do you want to keep? What should you keep doing? What do you need to let go of and walk away from, regardless of want or comfort? It is an evaluation time, okay? So you can often think of the death card or of winter, which we're not quite in yet in real time of this episode, as the ultimate Mercury retrograde, the re's. Rethink, revisit, review, redo, reimagine, re-edit, right? So this card has always offered me in, in my readings and for my community, the depth of the magical healing and transformational energy of the dark goddesses, goddesses that have been demonized, goddesses that patriarchy wants to keep us away from, right? These false stories, false narratives of, of where they came from, what they generated and what they produce, right? And so the dark goddesses that we work with here are Lilith, Hecate, and Kali. In the dark is actually where healing happens. In the dark is where empowerment happens, right? In the dark is where all life and creative endeavors are born. This, the dark, the death card, Scorpio, this is the essence of the witch. In the darkness, we come to know our true empowerment. And in the darkness, we come to know our truth. The death card in the tarot is number 13, the number of the goddess, the number of moon cycles every year. And also the number of the amount of moon cycles those with a uterus typically experience. This card is deeply connected to the cycles of life and to creative life force. It does represent endings in a reading. It says digging in the shadows, in the dark, in death, mourning, and loss are necessary fodder for rebirth, creation, and new life. So Scorpio, as an energy of the zodiac, offers us the power of trust 
through vulnerability, healing subconscious and unconscious wounds. It offers us shadow work. Like it's literally shadow work. And it offers us the benefit of making friends with death, with sex, and the occult. Anything hidden or unseen, it also offers us reveals for healing. And so this can sometimes look like secrets, right? And sometimes it surprises. And I love the one of the definitions of the differences between secrets and surprises, right? That you can use with children of like, we don't keep secrets, but but you keep secrets sometimes. You don't tell them about this, like this birthday party. And it's like, okay, well, surprises are things that people typically like or would enjoy, right? And secrets are things that could hurt, that are going to be confusing, that could be traumatic or problematic or going to need some attention and some real effort and support, okay? And Scorpio offers us both sides of that. Honor Scorpio season, honor Scorpio energy, honor the Scorpio and you uh, with a tarot reading, a trusted therapist, or a leap of faith in trying to work with a therapist. It says, get witchier. And whatever that means to you, is it goth glamour magic? Is it um, really practicing and trying, you know, rituals and spell casting? Honor this season and honor this energy by delving into your shadows for shadow work. Share the stories that you'd rather keep hidden in safe spaces. Create celebrations of life, honoring those who have passed, ancestry and friends, or simply humans we've never known, but honor their transition. Honor death, right? Knowing that it's a part of the cycle of this life experience. Lean into endings, lean into grief, mourning, and loss. Scorpio season is a time not only to lean into all of these things, but to plot and plan your epic rebirth come spring. Scorpio is a fixed water sign, and in the suits of the tarot, water is represented by cups. This is the element of emotions, feelings, psychic healing, psychic gifts, channeling and the connection to spirit and source often spirit source uh, goddess god energy whatever narrative you prescribe to um, is flowing creative healing as well as destructive cleansing purging waters the imbalance of Scorpio is super shady. It wants revenge and destruction and pain of others. It wants someone to pay. It wants retribution for their hurts. It wants to avoid feeling any hurt. And often it wants to avoid responsibility within that hurt or pain place. The imbalance resists emotional growth and would rather kill itself than feel responsibility, feel uncomfortable, feel pain. This is the imbalance we're talking about. It can look and feel like anger and rage, okay? And I want you to hear and remember and know that that we honor, I honor anger <laughs> around here, that it can be and is often sacred. It's also just really loud sadness. So if we can get curious in the triggers we experience around anger, 
and dial and try to track back and in curiosity, take that path back to its origin point, we can then turn the imbalance into balance through healing. Anger being really loud sadness, it just points to what hasn't been protected, what wasn't held, what wasn't processed and what wasn't seen. And again, when we can walk our way back through that anger to get to the sadness, to get to the trigger, to that origin point, this is often quite a bit of inner child healing, but also inner teen healing that allows us to diffuse anger to get to grief and mourning for cleansing and release. So you'll hear me talk at times about how anger and rage is like wonderfully cathartic and that sometimes we need to lean into it for empowered transition and change because empowered rage says never again, I'm going to protect this and not on my watch, right? And we can channel that into beautiful, exalted, balanced, and very caring aspects of healing and manifestation. But in the imbalance of Scorpio, that's not the one we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about the loud anger that is covering up for some deep, 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 deep hurts. Okay. So also remember the water is an element that can take over and flood everything. And in a water season, we need to remember on the regular that feelings are incredible data points. They matter. They are valid but they are not always facts. So get diligent and curious, right? Be diligent about getting curious um, in our own strong feelings that is this really a fact or is this really something that I just need to be worked with for the better rather than get stuck or sunk in them or to flood others with them. So I always throw a lot of shade on a water uh, sign because I have a water moon. So anytime I'm saying these things, I'm literally speaking to myself, the work that I've moved through or the work that I continue to move through. Um, that water is gorgeous and it is healing and it purges and it cleanses, but it can also lash out and play the victim real well and have us in this swirly, twirly, sinking flood of emotions that don't allow for our healing, our growth, or our empowerment, okay? So let's get into our reading for this tarot season. We're back to our regularly scheduled programming with just one card, unless something jumps out at us, um, for the spirit in which to move through things in this particular Scorpio season, because there's no way out but through, right? So when we use this energetics, this energetics, we like to harness of if things feel low, stagnant, stuck, blocked, or like, Meh, like, how are we going to move through it? This card also offers us if things are rocking and rolling in this Scorpio season, you're like, it's fucking magic. I love it. How do I hang on to this longer? And how do I continue to move through the goodness and the blessings? This is also going to be the spirit in which to move through it. So this season, exalted or imbalanced, we're getting ready to pull our card for the spirit in which to move through Scorpio season in 2023. So this is coming from the Nightmare Before Christmas deck because we like to be on brand and we like spooky and we like spoopy and let's get the juice out of this deck, shall we? Okay, so 
What is the spirit in which to move through this Scorpio season? Interesting. This is very interesting. Okay, so this deck is newer to me. I don't have it all memorized. I've been working with it for a few months. Um, but the card that we've pulled for Scorpio season is the Knight of Needles. Okay, so the needles are the swords uh, in this deck. And the imagery is of a devilish, ghoulish character that's very like cartoonishly epitome, you know, aggrandized of like a little demon devil with red horns and a red skin body and a pointy red tail and a good old pokey trident and a black cape. So there's whimsy in it, you know, like there's some silliness and some play and some just like camp in it. When we're looking at the knights, I always love to say that the knights energetically, I feel like are us in our 20s. There's some learning, there's growth. We think we're grown. We think we're adults. We are. And yet there's still that essence of childhood of I'm immortal. <laughs> I can I'm, I can live forever. I can do anything, you know? And there's that beauty in that because there is the capacity to take risks, right? We haven't had so many losses potentially within our twenties. And now that we feel grown and adult and we're like, well, I'm going to try this and I'm going to do that. The knight of needles, knight of swords, I always say is the, when it all cost night, that night is the one you want on your side. You're going to win. Okay. And it comes with the bit of caveat of um, it's going to win. You're going to win. You're going to get to the goal. So again, this is a spirit in which to move through things. It's kind of like, just go for it. Like it's a little, maybe this is not great language, but this is what's moving through my head is like guns blazing. Like just go, be bold, take the step, try it out, take the risk because from risk comes reward right? If you don't ever risk anything, you really can't be up for the reward. You can't play, you can't win. Now, we also know that you can play and you can lose. But the Knight of Needles says, I'm going to win at all costs. I'm going to win. The Knight says, I know I can. So there's a benevolent aspect of like, whatever it is you're taking the risk on that you need to try, right? Because this is the spirit in which to move through things. Just keep going. <laughs> just keep doing like move with the audacity, <laughs> like, you know, of, of a, a mediocre white man, honestly, like, you know, it's like failing forward of like, just try. Cause it's going to get you to someplace good. It's going to move you ahead farther. And even if you do fail, you're failing up is the messaging. I'm getting this very loud. Um, and when this card comes through historically, traditionally, it also says, it's a little bit of what costs like, yes, this night is going to win. Yes. The risk is going to bring reward of some kind, but be careful of the casualties along the way. Meaning the night of needles can move so fast that there are a lot of casualties along the way that perhaps if you slow down just a little bit, night of needles is still going to win. Okay but you might've minimized the casualties along the path. So it's always a heads up to be like, take the risk, do the thing, put yourself out there and be a little wiser in that process. Try not to just be reckless abandon, 
Like, if you're going to take the leap, pack a bag, bring some snacks, and make sure you got your parachute, right? So there is this camp of this card that is very whimsical, this like teethy, like gritted teeth grin of it's got Aries energy, y'all. Like the little devil, like we're going to be naughty. We're going to do this thing. It's going to be so fun. Um, I think this card is really fascinating because Scorpio wants to take us deep into the subconscious and unconscious. And yet this card is saying, we're actually moving out of the unconscious. Like we're taking the risks in the conscious world at this point. And it's got a very fuck around and find out energy, which in this community, we know this is Aphrodite. Aphrodite and Lilith are like, you know, sisters linking arms. Aphrodite is, is the goddess of beauty, but she's also the goddess of war. She was like, fuck around. Let's find out. Like, you think you can take me on? You think I'm not going to fight for what I want and what I love and what brings me pleasure? Why don't you try me? And Aphrodite also has this energy of like naughtiness of like, sometimes I just fuck around with people because it's fun for me. It brings me pleasure. So there's this devilish play side that's really calling to our inner child of like, (laughs) you know, it's like if you were a kid, did you like playing pranks on people? And there's, this is definitely a line of like, you know, uh, secret versus surprise. Like I think small pranks can be cute. Now I tend to not prescribe to any of them because my nervous system, the amount of trauma in my lifetime, I do not enjoy it. And yet I can see how like, you know, like the shaking hand with the buzzer on your hand, like as a kid, how funny that was, how fun that was like that little shocking surprise or like the cup that's got the cockroach at the bottom of it. Like there's an essence here of playfulness of, uh, like tomfoolery in a fun way that doesn't take it to a place that really genuinely scares anybody or creates a scenario where they could hurt themselves because they're surprised, says the mom in me. Um, So the spirit in which to move through things is take the risk, take the lead, put yourself out there, be vulnerable, try something new, fail forward, right? And this is really how we learn new things. As a culture, we're really terrified of failing. It's just happened. We all think we all need to be the experts and the masters. And yet so many of us don't have the practice or the experience to become masters. And then we don't put ourselves in those places because we're terrified of failing or making a mistake that we don't actually get the real world experience that we need and the practice we need in order to create mastery right? For re- through repetition. So this card says, do the doing, start the practice, keep practicing, fall down, get up, fall down again. You know, the fall down, what is it? Fall down seven times, get up eight. Like there's something here that you want. You, the, the outcome will be benevolent, but if you haven't done something before, you're probably not going to be perfect. And why would you think that it should be or that it needs to be. Things actually don't need to be perfect to be good, right? There's a conversation I was having earlier today before recording this about sometimes just enough is just enough. Like this perfectionism, we want to create beautiful things. We want to put effort and quality into things for people. And sometimes enough is genuinely enough. Because when we head into perfectionism, often that will prevent us from creating or from trying. 
right? Because then that generates futility. It'll never be perfect. So I shouldn't even try. There's other people who do it better. So I shouldn't even participate. Uh, no, nobody's going to do it quite like you. And you want this experience. So you're going to need to try, right? And that wound of perfectionism is just a really loud wound of worthiness. If I'm not perfect, if what I do isn't perfect, no one will love me. No one should love me, right? It becomes self-deprecating to think that things need to be perfect or to try to control everything. So there is an interesting narrative rolling through this as well of like, sometimes good enough is just good enough in a great way, <laughs> right? So there's a playfulness of trying things, of just enjoying trying things, doing things for pleasure's sake. Doesn't need to build on anything. You don't need to take over the world. You don't have to commodify it. This doesn't have to be your new income stream. You did it because you wanted to, because you've never done it before. And then you can have an experience that then says, do I want to do this again? Maybe, maybe not. Where was it great? Where was it not? Right? But there's forward motion in trying and just enjoying. It's really fun. Okay. I'm going to read from the booklet because, because this deck is so cute. I've really enjoyed the booklet as well. And let's give the lens that it aims to give on the night of needles. So the offering here upright is the Knight of Needles has a smooth devil may care cavalier attitude. He's clever and quick witted and has the maturity and focus to back up his brilliant ideas with decisive action. Mm -hmm, okay. Put your energy into maintaining the pace of your forward momentum and stop at nothing to see things through. See, this deck is so cute. It's really lovely and auspicious. Okay. The reversed offering for this deck. Now, around here, I don't read in reverse, but I would say the imbalanced energy in this booklet says the Knight of Needles is unfocused and lacks follow through. Scatterbrained. He is overwhelmed by the unfinished tasks he leaves in his wake. Instead of spending energy starting new projects impulsively, complete what's already begun. Hmm. Well... I got a little bit of argument that with the intuitive channel, I think this is definitely start the project, do the thing, try the stuff, <laughs> but however it resonates with you is your magic. And that is up to you, my loves. Um, I would like to make note. This is also on page 88 of the booklet. It's a repeating number. It's divinely magical. Our, our guides and guardians are saying you're on the right path. This is a magic moment. Lean into this. And the number eight is a number of circulation and empowerment. You turn it on its side. It's the infinity symbol. The infinity symbol offers us the magic of a balance between humanity and divinity. Did I do the doing food, water, shelter? Did I check the list? Did I pay for the deposit? Did I put the schedule out? Did I make the effort? And did I invoke divinity? Do I have a co-creatorship with the unseen? Did I cast the spell? Did I say the prayer? Do I trust that all of my efforts are good enough? And now it's in the hands of the universe to support it and run it through. Love this. Because with me, the messaging that always runs through is we only have one assignment in this lifetime, and that is to attempt, make effort towards balancing our humanity and our divinity. 
We have to do the functional doing food, water, shelter, and not forget how magical we are trusting in our relationships with the unseen and cultivating relationships with our benevolent ancestors, with the deities that call to us, with our guides, our guardian angels, and with our higher self. We're here to do both in equal amounts. Too much of anything is still imbalanced and not enough of anything is still imbalanced. We're aiming for a harmony and a circulation between the two. I love this. And with that, this reading is complete. These things are something better for the highest and greatest good of all involved to the harm of none, so mote it be. And so it is now we as a collective will it so. Um, as always, I will post a photo of our card in my Instagram stories the week this episode is published. My intention is always to create a reel around this card and the season. Y'all, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> I have to say that sometimes the feed in the post um, of creating, because I get a little perfectionist about it, I run out of time, but I will post a picture in the stories. And if you miss that and you're like, hey, I want to see this picture. One, you can Google search Night of Needles out of the Nightmare Before Christmas deck. Or you can send me a DM on Instagram, Tandy underscore Gutierrez, and say, hey, can I see that photo? And I'll just send it to you in your DMs. Um, this is so fun. This is much more fun as a spirit in which to move through things than I expected or anticipated. I am always delighted by readings in general, right? Because as much as I know, I never know where they're going or what they're offering us. This card also looks like a funny, like, um, school picture. You know, school pictures just have this. I love school pictures that are always like kind of caught off guard, kind of off center, kind of wacky, like kind of like awkward. It's cute. This is actually really cute. I dig it. All right, my loves. Um, links will be below in the show notes for this deck, um, as well as a link to my Instagram if you want to message me. So as always, take what resonates, take what works for you, leave the rest. We don't need to argue about it. Doesn't resonate. Doesn't ring true. Don't do it. Don't adopt it, right? And if you're looking for more support and insight to the Scorpio season, make sure to check out my deep dive into Scorpio energy for this season in episode 48, the one just prior to this. And for members of unicornwellnessstudio.com, uh, in your membership library under the astrology section, uh, you will see Zodiac Basics Scorpio there, which is like a deep, deep, deep dive. Okay. All right. Now it's time, if you haven't already, to hit the subscribe button so you never miss this magic. If this episode has you thinking of someone else who needs this spark, share it. And if it resonates with you to rate and review the podcast, I would be ever so grateful. The more ratings and reviews the show has, the easier it is for other seeking souls to find their healing home base. It's a super simple way for you to support someone else's healing. If you have topics you'd like to hear me cover or guests you'd like to hear on the show, or hey, you just want to say hi, DM me on Instagram at Tandy underscore Gutierrez. And make sure to check out all of my offerings at unicornwellnessstudio.com. Links are below in the show notes. I love you so very much. And remember healing is 
for you. And it all starts with just that.